Hey, Caleb here. It's Tuesday, June 1st. Welcome to The Kevin White Show, formerly known as Audacious Generosity. This is the podcast helping you live, transform, and prosper in the presence of God. On Friday, July 2nd, Kevin will be sharing a powerful message from God's Word entitled, God Guides, God Provides. I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube, or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, July 2nd. Details at kevinwhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Good morning, everyone. This is Kevin White, and I welcome you to the brand new Kevin White Show. Caleb, thank you so much for that introduction. If you're watching on YouTube right now, go over to the Kevin White YouTube channel, and I am waving at you right now. You can see the video, or you can hear this wherever podcasts are being played around the world. Welcome to the Kevin White Show. I want to welcome everyone in the audience from the USA, Canada, Afghanistan, Brazil, Belgium, Brazil, I just said that, but China, Finland, France, Germany, all over the world, India, Uganda, all throughout Africa, Ghana, we welcome you to the Kevin White Show. I am so excited to have you a part of the audience today. Today, I'm going to share with you an excerpt of an interview by one of my newest friends, Tim Winders. Tim is an incredible man of God and leader. Uh, he is so helpful to so many people, including myself. He has a podcast, Seek, Go, Create podcast, and he interviewed me about my new book, Audacious Generosity, for his podcast. It was an incredible conversation. You're going to want to go over to Seek, Go, Create with Tim Wenders for the entire interview. I'm just going to share a small sample or excerpts of the bigger interview. So listen in, Tim, take it away. Welcome everyone to Seek, Go, Create. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. Today's guest will allow us to discuss every one of those words in our tagline. So I'm excited about that. I get to his introduction in just a moment. But first, I would like to welcome you. This is your host, Tim, coming to you from the passenger seat of our RV, Theo, as I usually do. We've just relocated. We're now in Park City or just south of Park City, Utah, and enjoying it here, having a great time. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to have so much fun. We have Kevin White as our guest today. And he describes himself as Jesus follower, husband, dad, grandfather, friend, encourager, world traveler, entrepreneur, speaker, author, and audacious giver. You're going to hear the word audacious a few times during this conversation today. So just get ready. It's not a word we use in everyday conversation, but today Kevin and I are going to use that word audacious, and you'll know why in just a moment. As an author, speaker, and leader, Kevin is convinced that, here's that word again, audacious generosity transforms the world. He's on a mission to empower a culture of generosity through the world with his book that we will discuss, Audacious Generos Generosity. I was able to get that word out and his Generosity of God storytelling campaign. Kevin, welcome to Seek Go Create. Thank you so much, Tim. Great to be on the show. 
Yeah, glad that you're here. And uh, I'm excited about having this conversation. You and I have a great mutual friend in Eric. And uh, and we actually, I think, connected briefly in a clubhouse we not did. too long ago, I believe, because I saw him and said, wait, I know that name. So anyway, very exciting. Well, Kevin, my first question, I kind of like to get things going with this. I like to ask people, you know, I give the bio and you you had so many things I could have given even more than that. I tried to even compress it, but you and I bumped into each other. We just run into each other at church, business, out and about, somewhere, even virtually. And I ask you the question, what do you do? What do you tell people? Uh, I would say I'm the founder and executive director of Global Hope India. And I'm recently an international best-selling author. Wow. So that gets people going, all right? And, and there's so much there. I, I want to, there's one thing I think I heard on a podcast or I heard you say, and you, and you had it in one of your early, uh, you mentioned grandfather. You're, you're kind of a new grandfather, aren't you? I am. One of the best things of 2020 for our family was that our daughter uh, gave us our first granddaughter. Uh, she was born January the 25th, 2020, right before all the shutdown and everything. And um, so she was a great stress reliever for our family in 2020. Um, just an incredible bundle of joy, gift from God uh, to us. Mm, she captured our hearts. And I love being a yeah. granddad. Got to spend I, uh, time with her this morning. I, I think you and I are in similar situations because our first grandchild was born in early February, 2020. Okay. And it yeah. was the granddaughter also. Mm. And we were actually in Colorado Springs, which is not necessarily where you'd want to be in winter if you live in an RV, but we just kind of camped out near there and were able to hang out. And so anyway, it, I, this is what I tell people and you could kind of probably pile on here. You know, it's great being a father. It's great being a parent. It's great starting businesses, ministries, and mm -hmm. all that. But first-time grandparent, that's a game changer, right? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it give, gives you a whole new perspective of God because um, you feel like, I don't know about your season of life when your kids were young, but my season, unfortunately, uh, to my own fault, was way too busy. And life is so much slower now uh, with with her as a as a granddaughter, and I just feel like I'm I'm getting to watch the transitions of life on a way that I didn't get to whenever I was so busy raising our own kids. You know that's a that's a great point, and for all those listening, we're going to get to business. We're going to talk India. We're going to talk about generosity, but this is. For for two guys that are like a year into being grandfathers, this is like a, a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I I've thought about some things very similar. I think I think maybe we think about things on a, at a level of depth. I remember when I had our first child, I thought to myself, "Oh, I understand how God looks at us now." Mm -hmm. But then when I became a grandparent, mm -hmm. I actually it seemed like it took that to another level. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it was busyness or maybe it was perspective. Maybe I don't have to change diapers. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely appreciate um, just the the generational quality of, of God's goodness to us now on a way that I didn't really think about earlier. 
Um, Matthew 7, 11 has been a verse that's resonated in my heart over the last year. If we be an evil, know how to give good gifts to our children and now grandchildren. How much more does our Heavenly Father love to give good gifts, good gifts to those who ask Him? And so it's one thing for you to give me a gift and to bless me. It's another thing for you to give my granddaughter a gift and to bless her because you're also blessing me and you're blessing her mom and, and dad, our family um, and and you just see that about the goodness of God. Like, yes, he cares about Tim. He cares about Kevin. But he also is a God that is investing today in our future generations, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's just incredible generosity for him to be lining things up for my grandkids and their children. So here's here's one, and, and I know you you've studied and you've been a minister and all that. So I'd love for you to uh, tell me if you think this might have some uh, theological or spiritual merit. I know what it's like for us. You, I think you probably live close to yours, and we actually live at a distance, but but we we've got things like FaceTime and things like that now that we're able to you know do do communications with and. I've thought about this, Kevin, that when the FaceTime rings and we've got a special ringtone from our daughter that we know it's usually our granddaughter, Adari, going to be communicating with us. We like, you know, we do a dance, we mm-hmm. stop everything we're doing and we like fully engage with that conversation. Like, I hate to say I would do it right now in the middle of recording a podcast, but I might, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, uh, and I guess I envision God doing that when we sit down to communicate with him intentionally and focused. Uh, I, I do. I wonder, I mean, I, I have this view of a joyous God, you know, mm-hmm. a God that's not angry God like some people do. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think God does that when we sit down to communicate with him like you and I do with our granddaughter? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I love the visual of that. And you're right. I mean, just think of uh, being all googly-eyed about your your wife um, when you were dating. And now it's just a whole new dimension toward a grandchild like that. But um, again, if we being so fond and affectionate toward our grandchildren, how much more is God uh, fond and affectionate toward us when we finally tune our ears into his voice or, you know, connect with him? Uh, in a in a um um uh, in in a realm of prayer or Bible study, worship, praise, um, he he just goes ballistic. I'm sure because he just loves us that much and longs for our attention and our our time. Yeah, that's that's a great visual too. I agree with that. So, all right. Well, I want to I want to shift just a little bit because I think, unfortunately, just as a warning to listeners, you could have grandfathers, especially new grandfathers, talk about grandkids, you know, for hours. But we won't do that. Uh, we we want to move along because there's so much to your background and your story that I I don't want to say it parallels some things that I've seen and been through, but. It seems to me, I'll go ahead and start it this way, like you have had some extreme highs and possibly some extreme lows in your journey. Would that be a correct assessment, Kevin? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Hey, it's Caleb. Kevin will be right back. 
Kevin White is an international speaker and best-selling author who loves helping people everywhere to prosper in God's presence. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, nonprofits, and churches. As founder and executive director of Global Hope India, Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Visit kevinwhite.us for Kevin's books, one-minute motivation series, and podcasts. Visit kevinwhite.us today. For over 20 years, Global Hope India has been empowering the church in India as they make Christ known. Visit globalhopeindia.org and learn how you can pray, give, and go. Over 1,000 people have served on one of GHI's short-term mission trips to India. Now you can join a virtual mission team to India. Visit globalhopeindia.org today because everyone should have access to hear about Jesus. Okay, now back to the show. We actually have a pretty wide-ranging audience that they do ministry, business, leadership. So let's talk briefly about your business experience and the things you did. I don't separate out ministry and business as much as most, by the Mm -hmm. way. Because I think that wherever we are, we are ministering if we are followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you would probably agree. But, but let's talk specifically about your business because you had some successful businesses that did very well and probably were part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that just like um, trying to build a tower to get to heaven, uh, we build a lot of boxes that we try to put God in. And what you just described are two of those infamous boxes of business and ministry. And I'm, I'm. you can look at the life of Jesus and see that he tore down those walls, and yet we still try to put those walls back. But in, in the most um, free environment, God would say, take down the walls you know don't don't put me in a box of business or a box of ministry but have ministry when you're in business um and so we we had um a feeding ministry that is called with love from jesus ministries we worked there for seven years uh i was the founder and executive director and then i turned that over to the leadership there and our kids were um in high school at this point and we were about to hit those years of braces and cars and yearbooks and different things and uh for the longest time during those seven years we didn't need a whole lot of income and i didn't really see it coming but uh god began to impress upon me me that my time at with love from Jesus was over and I literally turned that over and had no idea of what I was going to do next. Uh, I was free and I wasn't worried about it, but I began to have a sense that I had learned marketplace um, market marketplace strategies that would that in ministry that I had never really understood the value of, one of which was QuickBooks. Uh, I, as as a church planner, as a uh, organizer of nonprofits, I knew accounting. Um, I would never, I would, I'm not a CPA. Uh, I don't mean it like that, but I, uh, uh, financial accounting had always been a core value and keeping a very close eye on the numbers and, um, and, being very systematic about financial uh, accountability and, and accounting. And so I began to just see brothers and sisters in Christ that had a skill like a heating and cooling guy that 
he, he, he had a trade and he could go and do wonders on an HVAC. But whenever it came to his back office, it was in shambles and the cleaning lady would be in the same thing. So they had great trades, uh, skills, work of their hands, but, but very poor business principles. And, and I really began seeing that God would, would have me go and help them put their house in order and, Started a company called Freedom Managers, providing by-the-hour business management services. And three years later, we had 62 clients and 10 employees that were servicing them. And then my my church called me to come on staff to help them with campus expansion. And I sold that, as you said earlier. Um, and um, and it was a great financial blessing those three years. And then what, what we sold it for was a great blessing at that season of our life uh, to really help our family out financially. Sure. What are all right? So this is this is something that always fascinates me, and and I've shared this before. I was actually saved in a business setting, mm. so I wasn't saved in a traditional church environment. So to me, I've never separated out business, ministry, even church. But I know that, like you said, there's these boxes, and it goes back to why there's so much disunity or disharmony in the world because we try to label people, put them in boxes when really we're, you know, we're spirit, soul, body, and, you know, we're business, we're ministry and all of that. But I I think I want to ask it this way. What did that time running a for-profit business, Mm -hmm. what are some of the principles, the values, the practice, whatever, what are some things you learned from that that helped you when you went back into what many would call a full-time ministry role. What are some things that you brought into that that maybe you didn't have before uh, that uh, that maybe you could recognize? Are there any of those that come to mind? I'm always curious about that. Well, one of the things that I found, I know it wasn't a surprise to me, but but it did tear down some stereotypes of tradition. And that was um, God was very much at work in the business marketplace. And sometimes we want to put God in a box and say, oh, well, he works around the church altars and inside the pews of a church. But yet he is very much alive in um, these network meetings uh, around. There's lots of believers and and God is is making his glory known and People, as you say, uh, I've met many people that were saved in the midst of a business conference or meeting uh, like that and really found Christ there. And um, and so the the takeaway from those years was that um, there's not a whole lot of difference. The difference between uh, nonprofit and for-profit is what you do with it. Um, you, your nonprofit better be profitable or it's not going to be sustainable. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I have to say that to board members because they'll get into, into thinking, yes, I mean, a, a nonprofit can get into trouble if you start treating income um, that, is, that should be taxable as, as untaxable. You know, revenue sales are, are tax, taxable whether you're nonprofit or whether you're for profit and things like that. There, there are laws and regulations and things like that. But at the end of the day, a nonprofit has to have income to sustain. And uh, it's just what you do with it that either keeps you a nonprofit or, or makes you for profit. And so um, 
the you know the importance of numbers, the importance of valuing people first. Um, all of that's the same, whether whether it's a for-profit company or a nonprofit uh, company. Knowing your mission, knowing your why, um, knowing your core values um, are just as important, regardless of of whether you have um, LLC Inc. Um, or church out out by the name. Um, yeah, so, that's good. That, yeah. That's that's helpful. One of the things that it seems, if if I'm wrong on this, let me know, but. It seems as if from from kind of a challenging background that at some point, it, uh, at least a large number of organizations that you were a part of, you either started them or you quickly moved to the leadership or a leadership role in that organization. And and I don't I don't think that is a, a mistake. I guess what I would love for you to to share, because we love to talk leadership also, is what were the traits or the characteristics that you had that either moved you to leadership or you started what it was? Can you think of a few things that might, and and it could be spiritual, practical, you were trying to prove something, I don't know, but just anything come to mind that you could share from all of those uh, stops along the way on your journey? Hmm. Uh, the word vision comes to mind. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have to see what other people haven't seen yet, and you have to start um, heading in that direction. And you form your your strategy around it. Your, you build your products or your services around that. Um, and vision is incredibly important. Even the Bible says without vision, people perish. And so a company without vision is not going to be here very long. A church without vision is not going to be here very long. A person without vision is not going to end up doing very much. And so vision is very important. Right. But you, and so there, and, and I love what you talked about with your financial piece earlier with the, with the business freedom managers is you talked about something very practical, which is just taking care of the money. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, so I, I love that you're saying vision, which to me is way up here, you know, mm-hmm. that's 50,000 feet, but then you've got the practical. So anyway, I, I could see how you have done well in all of those areas. Thank you for listening to The Kevin White Show. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program, copyright Kevin White International, all rights reserved. Each week we bring you a message of life, transformation, and prosperity from God. Remembering God's greatest gift is His very own presence made possible through Jesus Christ. Join us again next week for Living the Dream with Kevin White. For Living the Dream with Kevin White.